There's absolutely no question about it. South Africa is heading towards becoming a failed state. There's no argument. No matter what kind of spin the politicians put on it, if you look at the, the collapse, the mismanagement, the crime, the violence, the political instability, the type of discourse that's coming out of the country, there's absolutely no question about it. We are in very, very deep trouble. But the thing that's been interesting me is that there have been a lot of theories put forward about what is the cause behind this. Some people say it's cadre deployment. But, you know, even with cadre deployment, you should have a, a relative amount of competence in order to do the job of governing. So what lies behind this complete and utter inability of people that are being given the jobs to run the country in the civil service and are yet not being able to do it? Now, I have a theory and despite all the discussion and the introspection and all those kind of things, I have never heard anybody else come up with this theory. And I want to put this to you, and I would like you to tell me what you think. I believe that the problem with the South African government, and I don't mean that by the ruling party or whatever, I am talking about the levers of government that are supposed to keep the economy and the society turning and to improve the lives of the people is one simple fact. And that is because Africa does not have a culture of writing. It is not a literate society. Now, that's not just a fact I've made up by myself. If you look at Africa's history, there is no history of writing. There are no Dead Sea Scrolls that have been discovered. There are no medieval manuscripts. Uh, there's no history of your famous Chinese clerk exams. No Egyptian hieroglyphs. There is nothing in African culture that points to the fact that there has ever been a system of writing. In fact, even recently, there was a horrifying study that revealed that something like 60 to 80 percent of young children at school cannot read for meaning. That is such a crucial statistic that I am going to repeat it here. 60 to 80% of young children at school cannot read for meaning. And they also, there's, also, there's a lot of hand-wringing from NGOs and education experts about the, the low amount of literacy in African and South African society. But now here's the most important thing. There's, there seems to be this perception, and I think the lack of urgency bears this out. There's a perception that literacy is all about being able to read nice novels and being able to write poetry and all the frilly stuff around reading, writing short stories, etc., etc., etc. But no. Literacy goes far deeper than that. A culture of writing is a foundation of society. It influences how people think, how people behave, how people interact, how society is structured, how governance takes place. It underpins every single action in a society which means that there is a fundamental cultural difference and difference in outlook and absolutely every single human metric 
there is a difference between a culture that has adopted a culture of literacy and the verbal culture that is endemic to Africa. Now, I've been reading a book called Masters of the World that it looks at the, the growth of the, the written word and how word has been, although the word, the culture of writing has been overtaken by technology and how writing and technology are busy shaping our lives at the moment. But it goes back to the early days of Mesopotamia and cuneiform writing and how that evolved into, into the writing, the Latin script, the Gothic script and what we have today. But it makes the point that a society that has adopted a culture of writing is a society that is underpinned by writing. It's structured around, around contracts, around written laws, uh, codifications, written agreements, facts. The business of life actually is almost literally cast in stone. Now, if you compare that with the African society and the way African society is structured, it's structured all about verbal communication, storytelling, people who are relied on to remember things. And in fact, the memories of many Africans are absolutely astonishing. They can memorize entire chapters uh, when they've been asked to do so. African people are renowned for being able to speak many languages. They're a multilingual society. But the downfall of this is that the people who are the custodians of history, therefore, are also human beings. And human beings can be influenced in very many ways. They can pass their knowledge on to another person, but they can only pass on what they choose to pass on. You have praise singers, for instance, who are tasked with the responsibility of remembering the history of a king or a tribe. But you must remember they get paid by that king or their tribe, and therefore it's in their interests to only remember the bits that are positive and that put that king and that tribe into a good light. And as anybody knows who's played a game of Chinese whispers, the moment anything verbal is transferred to a third person and then to a fourth person and a fifth person, over time, it changes. And in actual fact, this is something that was highlighted by the Indigenous Knowledge School of UKZN. And almost immediately that this Indigenous Knowledge School was established, it hit the first almost overwhelming dilemma. How do you take a verbal culture and render it into script? Because, the, because it is based entirely on change. And the moment you have written it down, you have effectively stopped that change. So where do you draw the line and say, this is where we're going to um, codify this fact? Because it's going to be a different fact tomorrow. And it's going to be a different fact the day after. In a year's time, it's going to be a completely, completely new set of facts. And so whenever there is a human interaction between somebody who has written things down and somebody who's remembering things, I can guarantee you one thing. The piece of paper will win every single time. The thing about people who have grown up in a culture of literacy is that they have the habit of writing things down, of record keeping, of data capture. 
And if you look at how our society is made up, a functioning society, it's based on contracts, it's based on laws, uh, it's based on courts. I mean, everything, courts, sports, industry, engineering, human interactions, trade, all of that is based on written records. And a society that does not have a culture of keeping written records is always going to be at a disadvantage. Just think to yourself, if ever there has been a dispute between two people about anything, the question is then invariably asked, well, do you have something in writing? Because the written record is regarded as the last word. Okay, so now you have to ask the question, if it makes so much sense to become a literate society, that it underpins everything and that societies with a very strong culture of literacy and record keeping and data capture and accuracy of facts is a superior culture, why haven't Africans embraced this? And there are three answers to that. The first one is that literacy and record keeping and administrative and all the paraphernalia that goes with it was imposed on Africa. It did not grow organically the way it has in other countries. It was brought by the colonials. And as a result, that sort of education that requires literacy and record keeping and administration and books and laws and contracts and all those sort of things, they are associated with an oppression. And therefore, it's a very difficult thing for some people to say, I don't want to be part of that because that is how I was subjugated in the first place. The second reason is that it's very easy to be corrupt if the people who work around you and work for you and supervise you and work under you have no record of writing things down because then it's very easy to steal. And when you have people who are given the opportunity to be corrupt, because believe me, a society that is not built around things cast in stone and written down, make it very easy to steal. Those politicians will then scorn educated people. Somehow, education, record keeping, attention to detail, planning and scheduling and all those complicated things, they are treated with huge scorn. And in fact, very recently, we had a president who reserved some of his most scornful remarks for the people he called clever blacks. So it's always been very convenient for people who want to be corrupt and who want to steal to make it unfashionable to become literate, to be clever, and to develop the habit of writing things down. Now, one of the things that always amused me about this kind of accusation, oh, you're a clever black, and that education is un-African, is the fact that this is a society, by the way, who have enthusiastically adopted German cars, Scotch whiskey, English soccer, American smartphones, social media, and all those wonderful trappings of civilizations that come from other countries. But somehow it's un-African to be educated and to ask questions and to be good at your job. For some reason, that is not the African way. 
Now, of course, there are vast numbers of highly intelligent, very clever blacks who treat these remarks with the contempt they deserve. But the problem is there are a lot of traditional people who listen to this and are fooled by it, and they think somehow holding your government to account, asking questions, educating yourself, doing things right, adopting a method of governance which perhaps might be colonial, might be foreign, but still somehow works, is un-African. The bottom line is, people who don't have a culture of writing things down, who don't have a culture of data capture and record keeping, and of course I'm referring to this in a modern society that needs to be governed according to sets of rules. But if you do not have this understanding of planning and scheduling or measuring or evaluating, then you are never going to be able to govern or rather implement governing in a modern society because those are skills which simply cannot be avoided or overlooked. Do I need to give examples? Say you want to build a bridge. Okay, an earth bridge across a little stream, that's one thing. But you try to build a highway bridge across a busy intersection. Ah, see how far you get without detailed plans and attention to detail. Or a high river bridge without measurements about how high the river has run in the last, say, 100 years. Just now you don't know these things because you don't have the measurements. You build the bridge too low. The first big storm, it gets washed away. Try and put up a shopping center without detailed plans, quantity surveying, all of these things. All of these modern sciences and engineering practices depend on writing things down. Now, the other side of writing things down is also, and this is part of the, the culture again, if you've not grown up in a culture of writing things down, you also don't have a culture of respect for things that are written down which is one of the reasons why South African society is generally described as being lawless. It goes more than just the laws of the country or criminal laws, but just simple laws like contract laws and things like that. A very good example is the taxi industry, which is almost synonymous with lawlessness. It operates like a mafia outside the, the formal banking system, doesn't pay tax, doesn't obey the rules of the road, the drivers carry shotguns under their steering wheels, they drive unroadworthy taxis, they endanger the lives of their passengers, they murder their rivals. I mean, taxi industry hitmen has actually become a growth industry in South Africa. And this is because there's an absolute culture of disobeying the law. And unfortunately, because they are such a crucial part of our economy and our society, they have managed to get away with it. But that is probably one of the most obvious examples of the lawlessness in our society. So let me summarize this with, 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 to really, really hammer home the point. In order to have implementation, you need organization. Organization requires planning. Planning requires measurement. And measurement requires that you write things down. And then on the other side of the coin, because it is your culture to do this, you need to have an innate respect for things that are written down, for contracts and laws and agreements and so on. 
And this is a conversation that we really need to have. And anybody who has at any stage in their lives decided that I am going to regard things like keeping contracts and writing things down and attention to detail, etc. And on the other side of the coin, I'm going to disregard a law because I don't think it's important. Think about what you're doing and the long-term effects of what you're doing. And literacy and this culture of writing things down and record keeping and planning and scheduling and implementation is part of our education. And I'm going to end with a quote from an American who said this in 1828, and his name is not important, but he made the following statement. Education makes a people easy to lead, but difficult to drive. Easy to govern, but impossible to enslave. Think about that, and let me know what you think of my ideas. I would love to hear if you disagree, agree, or have a better way of putting it. You can put your comments in the spaces below, or you can even send me a voice note. I look forward to hearing from you.